I don't really want to work out, I work out. There's got to be those days you push through. And they're, they're probably going to be more numerous than the days you don't. Discipline equals freedom. And the more discipline you have as a human, the more freedom you're going to have. Well, we're live. Um, yeah. Hello, everybody. Um, Welcome to the Jones Fitness Podcast. Nick's actually on my left-hand side, and he's usually on my right-hand side. <laughs> I've got someone else on my right-hand yeah. side today, which is young Richard Allison of Arsenal. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, for, thanks for coming down. Yeah. Um, so what's your official title? Um, the Head of Performance Nutrition at Arsenal Head Football Club. That is pretty cool. That that? Is, yeah, that, that is, is That is really cool. <laughs> that is exciting. And how, how long have you had that role? That's uh, my third season now. Third season. Yeah. Oh right. Oh, cool. We're going to get into all of this. Oh so, yeah, it's um, going to be amazing. We've got we've got a few questions, and we're going to put Richard on the spot. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, but as always, we start off. Yeah, we tend to start with like what's been going on in the week. What's been going on in the yeah, week? What's so been exciting and for me, there's some big things. Saturday night or Sunday morning, the boxing. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch it? Rich? Yeah, got up at five o'clock to watch that. Got up at five. Yeah. That yeah. is dedication. Yeah, was, I love uh, that. I, I got up. I woke up at like four actually, naturally, because I was thinking about the fight and I was I'm not gonna check my phone, not gonna check my phone, but and then I went down and um I actually watched it on YouTube, I think. Sorry, BT. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, it, it, I just found a found a um a link and what what on the, have you seen it, Nick? Uh, uh, no, I, I saw a couple of the highlights on YouTube to be honest. It was yeah, but it's crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, what, what a time for British boxing. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I was saying to, to Aiden earlier was uh in the third round, I was actually praying for Fury not to knock him out because I'd invested time and into it. It was like, yeah. it was like oh, come on, I need more, I need more than this. I want to see more of this. Yeah, I need yeah. more of this. And uh, I think <laughs> there was a genuine look of fear in Wilder's there face was, as yeah. well, which really? was surprising. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was really. I know after the fight, he said something like, "Oh, he had a few issues coming up to camp or something, or in camp. I'm not sure, but one of the issues, I guess, was being smashed around the ear and your, you know, your ear bleeding and." Obviously, they were saying his balance was all over the place, but he hasn't—he hasn't got good boxing technique anyway. But he's, he's just a just, big hitter, isn't he's he? Just he's just a big hitter, and, and he's like—he's um, an absolute dynamite hands. And and Fury bullied him, yeah. and everyone said, "Oh, Fury's gonna—he's coming in too heavy," but um, he, he bullied him, and he's, Fury's so skillful anyway. But uh, did you put a bet on? No, no. No, no, I didn't. No, I wouldn't even know where no. to start. I I did put a bet on. Did you put? Did you bet on Fury? No, I bet on Wilder just because um, it was a win-win for you. It was a win-win because I wanted Fury, and that's so bad. I know it's frowned upon, but um, smart move. Yeah, yeah, it's a smart move. So I was happy. It was was all good. So Euros coming up this this summer. Sorry, England, I'm betting against you every single time. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll probably win money on that. To be fair. Um, Then we've had what else has been going on. West Ham didn't lose at the weekend because yeah, they didn't that's, play. That's, that's Unfortunately, true. we're both West Ham fans, which yeah. is well, I'm. Sem- I've never, I've never really supported anyone properly, and I don't know. I've been to Luton loads of times when I was a kid, yeah. and um, I went up to watch Leeds a lot because my sister oh, was wow. involved up there. Yeah. Um, been down to Arsenal loads of times, um, more times than anything else actually, and West Ham as well when I was sort of growing up with friends. So. Um, I just love football. Yeah, I just yeah. love it so You're much. You're a football fan, as a yeah, player. I am. And you're an England fan as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm an England fan. Yeah, I, I just say we were we were a bit gutted when uh, Jack Wilshere went to West Ham. Well, yeah. so obviously, he's, uh, did you really rate him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he was just pl- well, he was plagued with injuries, which probably hampered him from being potentially the player he could have been. But you look back, like 
2011-2012 the player he was then when he was yeah, only I mean, 19 Pet, years Pet old. really rated him, didn't they? Yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah, what was the when they Arsenal played Barcelona? Yeah. And he literally just looked like a kid in a playground yeah. pinging balls with Fabregas. It was just it was amazing. I think he was 19 then in that particular game. Fearless. And you think that that era has gone where he was? I think he was 16 when he went in the first team dressing room. Wow. And you're not getting that anymore. That's not no. happening again. So. Well, you don't see that as. I, I think yeah, it's not allowed. I think you have to be 18 before you're in there. Um, might be a that oh, might wow. be a a club rule at Arsenal. Or it might be a rule across the league. So I'm who's sure. your youngest player then? Um, it's either Osaka. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. doing awesome, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal little guy. Uh, he's very, very powerful, very fast. Um, obviously, very skillful, and he's you know he's always putting in the effort. He's a tremendous young lad. How old is he? So he's he's eighteen he's years 18. old. Yeah. God, that's yeah, crazy. Man. I mean, he's he's in the starting lineup now, isn't he? Most yeah. most times. He he was starting and still not in the first team dressing room at one point this season. What? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it takes time, obviously, to, to go from yeah. academy dressing room to first team dressing room. And he was, yeah, he was starting because he was obviously playing so well. So that means he's not, you know, eating dinner with all the players and stuff. And we had to make exceptions for him, but yeah, technically he wouldn't have been allowed to. But yeah, we had to make exceptions. Him and uh, yeah, and Gabriel amazing. Martinelli as well. Oh yeah, Martinelli. He's I, I I get well excited when when I see him. We went to um, I was lucky enough to go to. Uh, um, one of the Euro- European games when Pepe scored two free kicks yes. late on I was there yeah. for that one it was amazing and I was so excited to see Martinelli playing because he's I rate him I think he's brilliant it's exciting to, exciting to watch so we've, we've jumped straight into football haven't we so yeah, before we like yeah, let's yeah, um, yeah. obviously we've got loads to talk about um, firstly Richard uh, how the hell did you end up working for Arsenal so um, well, Give us a brief background of yourself. You don't need to start like when you were like five years old. I mean, you can. But. <laughs> um, well, I'll go for um, a brief overview. Then uh, a lifetime ago, I was um, in the Royal Marines Commandos. Was there for just over four and a half years. Um, I gained an interest in nutrition there because there's a lot of emphasis on training. But the only sort of ever conversations that were around nutrition were calories in, calories out. That was it. Um, so I gained an interest then. And when I left the Marines and then um, studied clinical dietetics, so we would potentially be working in a, in a hospital doing that kind of things, looking at the impact of food on illnesses, etc. Yeah. Um, but my aim was always to go into to sports nutrition, so carried down that route, did a couple of uh, master's degrees, worked at Scottish rugby. Just casually. Just, just casually. Just casually. Just a couple of masters. That's degrees. so good. Um, <laughs> it depends. Um, <laughs> um, did a little bits with the EIS, uh, went from there, and then um, ended up going to Qatar to work in a sports medicine hospital over there, Aspatar. Yeah. So that's um, that's Aspatar Aspire. That's the the same guy that built that. It's the guy that bid for the World Cup. Yeah, because I think Gary never went there on the documentary actually. So. Yeah, we used to get a lot of um, teams come out there for for breaks. Obviously, in the German league, they get a have had a winter break forever. So Bayern Munich used to come out probably every other year to use the facilities to train, warm weather training camps, etc. Um, so we, what was your role there then? I was um, a sports nutritionist. Um, then was the acting head of perform uh, of the department for a while, and just working in either started working in football. I was there working with the Qatar national team. Ah, okay. Then started working in other um, sports as well, weight making sports, handball. Like handball was big in the in the Middle East. Just a whole variety. Presumably, of though, when someone like Bar Munich came, they didn't sort of because they've obviously got their own nutritionist. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the only time we sort of really um, 
lend a hand was with when Team Sky would come over and right. when Welsh Rugby Union side came over prior to the, I think it was 2015 World Cup and we, we helped out a little bit with them as well. You helped the Welsh? You uh, traitor. Yeah, well, they're 45 rugby players, so they need some help. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that was it. And then, um, yeah, I was looking to move back to the UK. The, the vacancy came up at Arsenal, I applied, and the rest is history. So. Wow. Were you buzzing when you because you support Arsenal as well, yes. don't you? Yeah, so yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Did they know that when you when you applied for the job? Well, having uh, my turn up in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did get pulled on that. Um, the uh, the second part of the interview was actually with with Wenger, so that was a little bit surreal. Really? So I'm sat there going, "This is yeah, this doesn't." That How sense many people were in the room? Just three of us. So the head of performance and and Wenger, yeah. And he called me up for not wearing a red tie. But did he really? Yeah. <laughs> and did he, did you get get on well with him straight away? Yeah, really, yeah. He had uh, he. I mean, we probably all know sort of Wenger's history of when he first joined the Premier League, and he changed many things. And one of those philosophy, things was yeah. yeah, he changed philosophy. And one of the things he was very keen about was food. You know, stopping the players drinking every night, all those kind of things. So he had some philosophy. Probably would have been quite hard in that side, considering some of the players you had. Yeah. You know, you think about like. Paul Merson and other, was it was he still around then? Would that, I don't know if he was probably maybe just oh, left. Yeah. I don't um, know. Anyway, oh, yeah. Ray Parker so for so, sure. Ray Parker, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and he he had some philosophies on on nutrition that he uh, acquired from his time in Japan, um, which he stuck with for for the twenty odd years that he was there. Um, one of the things, and he adopted them himself, like he followed those rules. Um, he didn't necessarily enforce them on all the players all of the time, but he would follow those rules. So one of the things that was um, never always eating to 75% full, never eating to full. Um, so you'd see what he'd eat and it'd be quite a small portion size relatively. But then, yeah. And did any of the players pick up on this? Or was this not, that, not that I saw, no, because they're obviously trying to fuel. Oh, oh exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, so you'd say it's more of a lifestyle thing rather yeah, than a performance it, thing? Oh, it's definitely a health thing yeah. for longevity. I mean, he's, it's just skinny rake, isn't yeah. he, to be fair? But um, that's interesting. One thing that you said a minute ago that's really surprised me was about when you're in the Marines and how they didn't really seem to take nutrition seriously. Yeah, well, that, that's that's changed now. Right, yeah, okay. that, It's a whole different, yeah. I mean, they've got supplement companies coming in. They've got, you know, it's all like... When I said they didn't take it seriously it was more yeah they had people looking at the food that was provided in the in the, the cafeteria and stuff like that but as a as a group it would be down to the individual whether how seriously they took it and you were mm -hmm. looking at more like this is more to do with um the training so that the training is extensive for 32 weeks and during that period it's like well you're expending 5,000 calories today lad so make sure you get 5,000 calories in that's right. it, you know. So they yeah. weren't really looking at macros or no, but these these guys are not then trained that either. We're talking that this is two thousand, and the guys that were then taking us through training were, you know, some of these guys are Falklands vets, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, a, it's right. a completely different era of, you know. I mean, it has society's definitely changed, isn't it? With, you know, people people now know that what a protein shake is, and they didn't. Yeah. 20 years ago or, you know, mm. well they know what protein is don't they and they're more uh, like if you think nowadays you can buy everything's got added protein yeah, yeah, yeah. even cornflakes and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, Wheatabix and all there, that, there was one thing though it was uh, I'm edit this if I'm not allowed to say the name but it was back in sort of 2000 Maxi Muscle were probably the only company yeah. that would ship as well so when the, uh, when we'd go on operations particularly in Northern Ireland where you were static 
but access to a gym, then we're all getting maxi muscle Sonova. So there was, as an individual, there was, but not as a as a as an organisation, if you saw what I mean. But but now it's oh, yeah, it's no, all funded yeah, and yeah yeah, there's a lot more interest in it, health, everything. So you know, if you've, I was chatting with someone about this the other day. You know, it was twenty years ago at the training facility down in Limston there was something called Hunter Troop which is where the injured recruits would go and this was only like 20 people now this is huge it's hundreds of people that are injured so you know you're spending if you're thinking about the British government they're spending a lot of money trying to get these people through training they don't want to spend more money by having them injured mm. so injury prevention is also important right yeah interesting that's, that's crazy so um, so you went over to Qatar then you came came back to Arsenal, and that was in 2017. Uh, 2017. So you've actually worked under, you're on your third manager now. Yeah. It's all the managers for the last 25 years. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> it's every Arsenal manager for the last 25 years. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, About 450 plus, Freddie. So, oh yeah, oh, that's true, yeah, for, yeah, good point. Um, so obviously you can sidestep this question if you want, or... I'll phrase it differently. How how do the managers different and uh, specifically to in you your role. in your role? Yeah. So, um, so I could probably start with with Wenger. So Wenger, like I said, yeah. he he had mm. a particular view on on food, and there were certain things that he um, wanted to keep the same, you know, his philosophy, but had quite a lot of leeway with that as well. Um, then the, the following manager had very uh, specific um, requirements from from us as nutritional staff, catering, etc. There are certain things he wanted. Uh, a lot of this was more around his personal preference on things like quality of um, where did the oranges come from, where does the bread come from, which isn't, you know, that's, that's a good thing, looking mm. at the quality of food. Um, is that not your job, though? Yeah, but it's, you know, the manager is the boss, so there's certain things that would be like, we could answer and say yes that is the quality to where it comes from but he might have said mm, actually I want it to come from this source because I believe that's a better source okay. you know, and it's his preference in terms of the way you'd pick your battles it's that's not worth having a discussion about because nutritionally right, they're the same Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. like saying I want this type of you know I want this brand of butter versus this brand of butter mm. well nutritionally they're the same so don't let, let yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um, and then obviously Freddie Lindbergh's tenure was quite short, but he was he was very open. He was a, he's a very easy guy to get along with, and then with with Mikel, he's again um, allows us to do what we want to do. But there are certain parameters. You know, he he's looking at players' weight. He's looking at players' body composition. So that's where we have to ensure that those uh, weights and body compositions fit what what he wants. So let, let's go to like pre-season then. So do you, do you have like? 30 players come in and in, in a week you've got to take body fat and weigh them and how, how does it work? So I, ideally over over the off season we do want to see a, a small increase in, in weight because that indicates that they've recovered because I think what many people maybe don't know is that the, the season is long you know and, it, and it's demanding and, and what happened for Arsenal last year was the worst case scenario where we played all the way to Europa League final and lost. So you've had that extended season, obviously not quite as long as Champions League, but you know yeah. it's longer. Um, you know, and these players need time to recover. Now we're talking about one or two kilos of increase in 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 body mass, so not massive. We're not expecting them to come back obese or so anything like that. So I'm going to jump in there. What's the biggest you've seen? I've seen one player 
virtually double his body fat over off season. However, <laughs> you've got to look at this relatively. He didn't have a lot. Well, so oh, okay. Yeah, right, he didn't so have a lot. One percent to two percent. Yeah, yeah, sort of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not in terms of percentage in, in absolute, oh, like in terms absolute. of kilos. Oh, well. So he's yeah. What? But yeah, that's mad. So, uh, what about weight? Is, you know, has anyone come back and put on like I don't know, two stone or something? Or I won't name names. It's when we did have one player over the last off season who did put on quite a lot of weight, but he he was long term injured, and and perhaps the you know the player has to take responsibility for that. But us as a performance medical team also have to take responsibility for the way that that fell. So in a long term injury, this particular injury, you're looking at about a year for that player to come back or right. get back to to full fitness, and it just so happened to fall not very you know ideally over it fell over the off season which wasn't ideal um he's got to have time off he's still got to do his rehab and recovery and it just it didn't work it was a disaster so yeah he he did come back a little bit heavier than we would have liked but then he was willing you know he's, he's a good player put in the effort and he he got down pretty pretty quickly and that sort of to answer your question is that's what you see is when the players first come back the pre-season we assess body composition using something called a DEXA scanner, which yeah. you probably know what it is. Where you lie down, scans you six minutes, gives you um, fat, lean mass, bone mass, and and how how often in a season do you have to do that for routinely four? But then if the player's either injured or their body composition is outside of their optimal range, then they have additional scans. So injured players will have many, many, many more scans than that. Because particularly what we're looking at is um, lean mass losses because if we take, say, for example, an ACL injured player, our primary focus from sort of a nutrition side is to maintain as much of that lean mass as possible mm -hmm. because a small increase in fat mass is actually good because that indicates that their energy intake is greater, sufficient. yeah, sufficient. So, you know, what we don't want them is them starving themselves because that might impede wound healing and that's the priority, it's, it's healing. Yeah, right. Different. Um, but so, so a reduction of calories would mean the, the player doesn't heal as quickly. It could do, yeah, yeah, so if we get it wrong. Um, and then particularly with ACL injuries, we find that in the first two weeks post-surgery of their surgical ACLs, they can lose as much as, on average, nearly five kilos of muscle mass. So we, we do our best to try and maintain most of that. And obviously, when you look at maybe the, the three things that contribute to lean mass, which are obviously loading, nutrition, and sleep, they can't do any loading. Yeah, and so out. it comes down to sleep and nutrition are the only things that we can control. So when you say you can control them, what what do you do? So I've just done my ACL and I'm coming back. Yeah. And so what, how are you gonna? <clears throat> so the the main things we look at, or well, the the primary one, will be um, regular protein intake. So that's, that's the evidence suggests every three to four hours, about twenty grams to twenty five grams of protein. And we start there, and it's not about okay, this is what the research shows, and this is what we want them to do. You've got to remember this is a person. This is a player, they're potentially looking at a year before they'll be back to where they were. So there's a whole sort of psychological yeah, yeah, side yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's like, what is the priority? What's the one thing we want them to do? And from a nutrition side, that's that's the one thing we want them to do. There's, there's other things, of course, yeah. but it's just breaking it down. Like, if you can do this, then that's the main thing. Do, um, do you prefer... Uh like a from from chicken or what what's the sauce or do you, do you like to have a protein shake or so because of the the frequency that supplementation comes in um it would be a protein shake we also use um collagen shots which contain 20 grams of protein and they're only 60 mls so that's very very easy and convenient for a player to take 
because right. if you can't manage that, grams of protein. Yeah, it's, and it's great. And there's also some evidence and emerging evidence to suggest that collagen protein may enhance wound healing, uh, wound healing, reduce um, pain, the injury, and so on and so forth. But we don't need to look at that as a reason to do it because we know that 20 grams of protein yeah, has some benefits. Yeah. So if you get yeah. anything else as a bonus. Yeah. I mean, that's not off-the-shelf stuff, though, is it? I was going to say, yeah, well, you can, you, you yeah, can buy that. It's can readily available now, yeah. Wow. And wow. is it expensive? Is it an expensive thing? So Wake me up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think there's a, there's a particularly good... I'll get it this bit, but... Um, Nutrition X sell one online. That's a, they call it a repair shop. It's, it's very. We'll good. shout them out and um, yeah. yeah. Um, Send us some freebies, please. To answer the question, whether expensive compared to just normal protein. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. We're talking. We're discussing these. I think it's probably you're looking at about two pound fifty a shot. So if you compare that to one to two scoops yeah. of protein powder, yeah, it is. It yeah, is but then you argue, you know, against that, a, a chicken breast, and you think about the convenience of it. Oh, then the convenience must be I, like sixty mils yeah. is nothing, I, is it? This is going to sound tentious, but I actually think it is quite inexpensive for how good it actually is when you look at it. And yeah. go, there's twenty grams of protein in that. I can store, you know, a yeah. week's what a week's worth in a in a bag and carry it around with me. I've always got some on me. Boom, easy, you know. Mm. And obviously, it's very high quality protein as well. So you're looking at those amounts for injured players. What are you looking at for fit players, or is it completely dependent on the player? Does it? It's fascinating to know. Does it depend on the position as well? Mm. So, you know, you want a, a striker to be more powerful, yeah. and <clears throat> so yeah, a quite a common question we get in terms of body composition um, relative to playing position. Uh, the answer is that everyone's different yeah. so we look at mm. it as individual players right. so say for example two players that are no longer at Arsenal which I can use as examples is you had Danny Welbeck and Mohamed Elneny they're just completely different human beings like mm. you guys could spend a few minutes looking at those guys in the gym without knowing who they were and you could see how different they are one's explosive one's powerful and and, and very very lean. Was a beast, right? but yeah a ridiculously lean human being um versus Mo who was you know a diesel but he never got injured and there's that you know this is kind of more bro science of why the the slower guys don't get injured Mm. we've had this discussion as a medical team and you know you you talk about this but like why why is Is it there a correlation there then within our players yes but you know it's it's just correlation doesn't equal causation so you just like but that's the way that you look at those two players and so the way that you'd manage them from a load uh, point of view and the way you'd manage them from nutrition point of view is completely different. So a player like Danny Welbeck, in theory, could get away with eating anything he wanted to to most people. Can like, How can he get away with eating that and still be below 5% body fat? Because mm. he just can't. Yeah. Whereas players like Mo and other players that we still have in the squad have to really take care about what they, you know, what they, their intake, the energy mm. expenditure, everything. And they're, they're never going to be 5% body fat. It's just... Genetics, yeah. Always good comparisons like Rooney versus Ronaldo. You know, yeah. they're completely different yeah. body shapes, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Um, and there's one particular player um, who I won't mention where he's also very, very lean. You know, we're talking about five percent by Dexa, and out of interest and just opportunity, we we managed to scan two of his brothers, and they were basically point zero point one percent either side of him really and so wow, yeah it's right. the gen- genetic genetic, genetic. Yeah. yeah so you're working with good genetics there 
obviously you still need to put in the work. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the, yeah. Doesn't, so anyone listening that's, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. a few pounds over and like, oh, it's yeah. my genetics. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're dealing with professional athletes, though, so many of them are genetic outliers anyway, aren't they? Because that's why they're at the top of the, the top, whether it's, you know, um, physically different, mentally different, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. all them things. I that guess makes them... football's probably a little bit different because it's more of a skill bait. Obviously, yeah. you can still be an outlier with skill. Yeah. Oh, like, definitely. You've got predisposition to it. If you looked at someone like Usain Bolt, he's. Yeah. Well, I actually saw a side tangent. I think it was. Um, a Romish Ranganathan program yeah. where he, he's interviewed Usain Bolt and oh, Usain Bolt's talking about uh, being in a club in London and he saw Aubameyang there and he said oh I want to race Aubameyang because apparently he's, he's you quick, know, yeah. and it never happened obviously uh. but uh, I was like thinking you know, that guy is obviously a, a very good you know, top goal scorer but someone who you actually don't realise how fast he actually is and how much power he has and you know the way that then he he's has quite them. lean though right he's very lean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you don't yeah. think of him Look at um, Traore for Wolves. He, yeah. I mean, oh, he's a unit. He yeah. is an absolute beast. Yeah, he's ridiculous. And that's what's so fascinating, though. They, you know, they might have similar top ends yeah. um, speed, but they're completely different body shapes. But in terms of then, probably to answer the question we're looking at, say protein intake, we're still looking about two grams per kilogram body weight across the board. I was going to say, regardless. That, that is, yeah. you know, that's, and that's what we would take, say. Yeah. To that's why Lee regarded, yeah, with so professional athletes yeah. and yeah. Your, your, your average Joes. Yeah. And we have seen um, where players have, uh, within our squad, where players have dropped below that and you've seen the lean mass drop off. Really drop as well. Yeah, we, we actually have seen it. Again, um, it's, it's correlation, not necessarily causation, yeah. but yeah, so we try and maintain that. Mm. So um, I guess the next question is around, Adam asked this actually, he messaged us, um, any of the players vegan or vegetarian? Yeah, so it's in the in the public, so I can uh, talk about it, uh, Hector Bellerin is, is vegan. Um, he has spent a long time transitioning from what he described as a classic Spanish diet, you know, chorizo, these kind of things, to becoming a vegan. Um, it wasn't an overnight um, decision. And because he's been at the club for such a long time, that's been quite well documented in terms of his body composition, his, you know, his health and everything else like that. And, and so he's, you know, unfortunately, he's, he's just come back from a, a long-term injury. So, you know, we'll hopefully be you know, he's playing very well, but he's... Is that he's because he's a vegan? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's, a whole, uh, there's a whole website about that. So uh, how, how long, um, when you got to the club, was he already vegan? Uh, he was not full vegan then, though. So were you helping him transition? Yeah, I mean, he's he has the luxury, or one of the luxuries of being a professional footballer. So he, <laughs> he employed a full-time vegan chef, um, which makes his life easier. Um, of course, yeah. But yeah, it's things like supplementation, um, at that period was a little bit more difficult because of uh, with any professional athlete you have to make sure that all their supplementation is tested batch tested yeah. informed, informed sport batch test to make sure it's free of contaminants etc um, and we were struggling to find uh, a vegan protein powder that met our requirements really? now it's a lot easier right. I mean, it's yeah, of, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's plenty on the market yeah, yeah, now bigger, but bigger. Uh, because there's also the taste issue as well they because are, pea protein they is, are rough is, yeah. um, uh, and have we, you ever had one there? no they're, they're definitely pretty. not uh, yeah. yeah, we did land on one. We found a good one. So yeah, it's actually some of the non-vegan players prefer it taste-wise over the whey protein. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it does taste so good. Can you say the company? Is it? 
No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so when so, so when you're saying about yeah. Hank Bellum has his own chef and stuff like that, do you work with the chef mm-hmm. in terms of do you do you give the guys calorie guidelines, protein guidelines for the chef to then make for the player? How um, does it work? Generally, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. So it's one of these things where so you're dealing with a squad of 25 players and a lot of them have some form of chef whether that's yeah. someone who works for them full time whether they come in a, a few days a week whether it's a, a food delivery company that various mm-hmm. ways so once it's set up and everything's okay we leave it alone you know it, again 25 different people who can't be involved in it every single day right. so usually from the outset you know we can help players find a chef for example recommendations mm-hmm. um, make sure that they're hitting their macronutrient requirements yeah. mostly energy as well um, and then yeah and, and what we're doing is we're looking at the other end of it so we're looking at performance and body composition and if those two things are, are, are good are within range leave it alone leave it alone because it's work we don't need to interfere yeah so do you think most of them stick to the plans that you, you give so we don't generally don't like plans because guidelines yes plans no right because plans get boring plans yeah, people fall off you know you know unless you're better Ronaldo's on a plan yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you've got you know someone who's weighing out your food for you that's a different you know situation to you doing that for yourself week day in day mm-hmm. out week in week out that gets going to get repetitive so on and so forth um the thing that we focus on the most is is the carbohydrate intake. So we periodize carbohydrate across a, a week, depending on when the match schedule. Is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. generally throughout the season, unless you're injured, dietary protein, dietary fat stay the same. Carbohydrate fluctuates depending on the and work. That's profile. on a day by day basis, is it? Yeah, yeah. So how will that increase going up to a, or presumably increase going up to a game? So we look to so the the reality of the situation is that we're trying to fuel players, and we don't actually know. 100% whether they're going to play now we have a very good idea you, can go, you know our, our main players our stars they're going to be playing mm-hmm. but some of the players you're not sure and obviously that's the manager's discretion and the yeah. players don't get that information till very close to the game so we definitely don't get that information <laughs> so we have to fuel basically all the players as if they're going to play 90 minutes and so, so that means if they don't play they've got to expend that extra so that's what we try to do then so if you look at it you say if fuel a player what we aim to do is the 36 hours prior to a match you're looking at increasing the carbohydrate content at each meal they'll have recommend individual recommendations based on the foods that they like or whether that's rice pasta etc um, and then we fuel them up to the game to play 90 fantastic maybe they don't play at all then we have to look at that player as an individual so there are certain players one player who's on loan at the moment who would even if the next day was off, would have to go and do some kind of physical activity to expend some energy because you know they were prone to perhaps storing more fat than others. Right. Wow. Would that be in game day though? Match no, that day. would be no, that, that would be, be the next yeah, day. Yeah. Next you know, and then sometimes uh, players train after a match, so maybe the, not the starting eleven, of course, or anyone mm. who's played a significant uh, period of the game. But if you've come on for five minutes at the end, you might be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If, if the team's training or running and that is all dependent on the, the schedule so for example if we played hypothetically played yesterday they're not training today some of the players would have done something last night after the game wow. whether that's actual 
football and tactics or running or combination of both a bit of loading you know depends mm. yeah. have you seen much um, difference between the managers on those things uh, more of a preference of when and where so the the loading and the training there's a lot of input from the performance team on that which is still the same um, but whether a manager wants to train at Emirates after a game or bring him in the following morning it's that's personal preference that's cool so when you say about increasing uh, the players carbohydrates leading into the game do you have certain numbers that you're working to is it like you know you said about two grams per kilo body weight etc do you have like those kind of things for players or is it more of an individual it's all very individualised with that yeah oh wow so if the centre mid centre mid might end up having more carbs than a yeah so if you look at it that's again say generalisation of of, of, um, position when you look at some of our players who may off the top of my head cover a couple of kilometres in a game mm-hmm. and some of the others will up to 13 kilometres yeah, in a game. Who would that um, There'll be the players, a couple of players who've left, so Aaron Ramsey would have covered 13 kilometres, um, Henrik Mkhitaryan, he'd, he'd cover a lot as well. And then what we also look at is in terms of, it's not just distance, it's the, the speed or the velocity that they cover that yeah. distance, we'll break mm-hmm. it down to high speed running and look at those. So it was, um, this will be public information with uh, Martinelli, Chelsea, he uh, he had about seven hundred, nearly seven hundred meters of, of sprinting in that match. Wow. And I believe this is what sports science told me anyway was that the only score higher than that this season is Rashford. I mean, he went seven fifty or something like that. Really? I don't know the exact. Wow. That's figures. a lot for the body, isn't it? Yeah. So then we look at okay. Um, so you, you you take that into account with recovery the next day as well. We take it into recovery at half time. So we have that information no at half time, yeah. So if if, if players so how does that are, fit down to you then? We we have feed on the bench. So someone's looking at the is, yeah. is it actually um is it a visual thing? Yeah, like so, so it's um so we have a, a fantastic sports scientist, we have a fantastic data scientist, um it's about he he was part of the four-man team that created Candy Crush so he's, he's got like yeah, <laughs> really? kind of, yeah. yeah how random is that <laughs> he's, he's a very random guy um, he's, he's responsible he's, for helping pro athletes and yeah, he, also responsible yeah, for obesity yeah, as well at some he's, level he loves he loves he loves a back squat as well so oh, yeah, he's, he's a very unique guy um, and, and between the two of them they created basically a, a visual graph which then shows us um, where a player is compared to their six-week average or sorry six-match average um and if it's above that, then we, you know, there's certain things that we'll do at halftime or attempt to do. Depends on the result at halftime, whether they do it or not. Or you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and increase the fueling, something like that. So, what sort of Amazing. stuff would you do at halftime then? Because so, I can imagine you don't have long with the you players. If long, you've so got to try and fuel them, is yeah, it, What do you go for? What's that? We, we mostly go with gels. Right. And one of the reasons for that is that. It's it's a small volume. Yeah. Um, whereas if you give someone say yeah, a, 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 a drink or something yeah. like that, they've got to drink all of that. Maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're not going to drink all of it. So okay, the the fluid intake's not the same. The carbohydrate intake will be le- maybe less than ideal. Whereas a gel, pretty much every time they're taking the whole thing. So yeah. it's it's uh, and it's going to be digested at the same rate and yeah. Well, you've got see the the science and. The science of the gels has increased dramatically over yeah, time. It's something yeah. that we know really well, and we've got uh, what we call multi-transportable carbohydrates within that gel. So they're optimizing that as well. So is that something? Um, just for some of our listeners that aren't professional athletes, um, if they're going on a casual, you know, jog, 
I don't know, 10k or something, is that something you'd encourage people to have? Oh, he's, he's, he's yeah, paused. I'm going to give it the, uh, it the argument, it depends, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the classic <laughs> nutritional answer, it depends. Um, general rule of thumb would be use that for a, a competition or you're trying to go for a PB, but if you're training, perhaps not, because the 10k, you know, the duration of that activity is probably not long enough to justify having that carbohydrate before it. You know, if it's a 10k jog at the weekend, probably not. If it's a 10k race and you're going for your PB, then yeah. Oh, ah, and then go. so how much like so we've talked about like in the build up during and post what sort of stuff are you doing post game to get the guys to recover because if they've only got a day off from training before they're in again what's the sort of yeah. procedures so, there that's perhaps the most game. important thing of what we do as a performance medical team is you know the reality is we're not making them any better at football no you know, we're not improving skill. There's no magic bullet. That's not what you said before. You know, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to keep them at their best for as long as possible. Yeah. You know, and we're just coming out of this period of the year where there's increased risks of coughs and colds and sickness mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we, we look at that as well. So we're always trying to keep them as close uh, I think someone said our job is to make the manager's job difficult in terms of Present he's got 20 team. yeah he's oh, got yeah. the whole team um, so recovery is a big part of that nutrition is a big part of that mm-hmm. recovery so what we look to do is immediately post-match we're pretty much going with a classic protein shake recovery shake so it's obviously protein carbohydrates fluid get that in as, as soon as possible we sometimes give that to players on the bench if they've been subbed yeah. it's kind of standard practice um, we're then looking at in the dressing room, they'll often have treatment and various other things, maybe um, uh, press responsibilities, so on and so forth. Then after that, there'll be food in the dressing room, so we're looking again, proteins, lean proteins, complex carbohydrates, fruits, that kind of thing, get that into them. But we're also then looking at some some micronutrients, we're going with omega-3s to try and reduce inflammation, maybe we're looking at a, a, a multivitamin, maybe we're looking at iron, depends. That can be very um, specific to the player. Um, what we also take into account is the player's reported um, soreness, wellness, and, and readiness. So we, we take that every single day of the week that they're in, and then we you know give out the supplements according. So if a player Shift comes to in, every day, every day. So this, this is all important. That, um, some of them do, to yeah. be honest, but then when they realise that we do something with it, then there's the buy-in. So, right. and this is a fair one because I think it's to be the same for everyone. If you're getting asked something every day, if you're like, so if you're giving your, your clients in your gym questionnaires, they'd be like, I don't like X, don't like this, don't like that, don't like that, and they never see any change, then it's, well, what's the point of giving this feedback? Right. So when they do see the change, then it's like, okay, I understand why you're doing it. So mm. that doesn't happen for all players, but when they realize that it's for their benefit, then you know, then it works. You mentioned about, obviously, recovery is such an important thing with nutrition as well, but beforehand you said about sleep, so do you have anyone on board that specifically specializes in sleep or is that your under your sort of umbrella we sort of look after it as a team um, right. of, a, of a very good sports psychologist as well um, the thing with the sleep it's very again individualized and in what we look at we do record self-reported sleep and we found that over time once you once you know your players that's the the most efficient way of doing it players don't want to wear 
devices and have things stuck on the head at night and you know it's it's unrealistic to yeah. for them to do that so especially when, when they're clubbing at three o'clock in the morning exactly. and telling you that they're fast <laughs> yeah. asleep yeah, sorry. social media is a wonderful thing um yeah so yeah we take it into account and you know it's perhaps is up for debate but it's the number one recovery modality so we, we put a lot of emphasis on this and, and look at general sleep hygiene things so what's caffeine intake like it, are their bedrooms dark enough? Are they the right temperature? Obviously, not obvious, but perhaps the most difficult thing is screen time. You know, you can yeah. go for all the things in the world and be like, can you put your phone down? You so know, are, no, you no, no, no. are you checking that? Or is anyone the, checking who's liking posts at 1am or? I think as a, generally yes, people do notice it, uh, but the players are, are good enough at reporting it really. You know, they will just say, I've had a bad night's sleep. Um, and I think the other thing is, you look at say an eight o'clock kickoff. Yeah, that's that's you know that's yeah. going to be a bad night, especially and that could be you could do everything correct in terms of sleep hygiene, but if you've just scored scored a brace or you know if you've had a fantastic, oh, yeah. if you've won one nil in the eight ninth minute, yeah, you know it's not you're not sleeping. Well, not what happens when you're abroad? So if you're playing in Italy or yeah. something and it's a you know Champions League or maybe Europa League, <laughs> uh, sorry, um, yeah, eight o'clock kickoff. Game finishes at yeah. quarter to ten. Okay, it, do, do you do you usually fly home or do you? It, it depends. It depends oh, right. on. So, see, last season we had some some trips to Azerbaijan to oh, uh, Karabag and then to Baku. That's a, that's a long flight, so you can then um, use that to your advantage and say, right, post match recovery strategy is done, massage everything else, jump on the bus, drive straight to the airport, straight on the car, tarmac, get on the plane. Players are going to sleep on the plane for seven hours. So in that case, that's what we potentially do. If it's a, a shorter flight, then it's sort of get them home as quick as possible. And it's what you do the following day, but that's that's obviously down to the manager's discretion of whether he gives them the day off or whether he let, makes them come in later. Um, and But that's what we look to do. It's, it's all about... So the argument, for example, with Olympiakos was that the, the team then stayed the following day in the hotel, basically had a spa day, nice. um, relaxing and everything else like that. And the discussion between the players was do you want four four hours sleep in your own bed or eight hours sleep in a hotel bed where you won't sleep as well anyway because mm. you know it's not your own bed and these discussions so it depends what they're doing the next day would you would you when you're going abroad would you supplement them with melatonin or zma or something or yeah well, it specific again yeah it? it gets specific so we do look at um not so maybe but uh, melatonin stuff the doc will, will take control of that and you know we try to avoid um, sleeping tablets and those kind of things yeah. but they mm. do yeah, long term flights and the evidence is, is good for that so we do use them but if a player came to you and said you know we want to use this I want to use this nine times out of ten as long as it's not a banned substance yeah it's substance. not a banned substance I mean we've, we've used um, certain supplements in the past that have been beneficial for sleep you know, uh, tryptophan based supplements which have worked and improved um, or reduce sleep latency so they're falling asleep quicker and that mm -hmm. generally seems to be the, the issue of just once they're asleep it's fine mm. what happens so you mentioned earlier if the players come and said look I've had a bad night's sleep like does anything change then nutritionally for you the next day do you do you give them certain things in order to get them to perform or what's the sort of what's the procedure yeah. thereafter generally again it depends. Um, <laughs> if they've had a poor night's sleep say the scenario we just mentioned say it was they played the night before mm -hmm. then chances are well it'll be a day off but if it's not a day off then it's for those players that 
perhaps the starting 11, should we say, um, would have a recovery day. So all they'll, all they'll do is they'll come into the, the training facility, um, do a little spin on the bike, maybe something in the pool, flush mm-hmm. the legs out, they'll do some hot, cold, you know, contrast therapy, mm-hmm. maybe they do the cryo chamber. Um, again, we'll hit them with some, maybe some anti-inflammatory from the supplement side of things, maybe right. good threes, et cetera, depending again what they've reported. Um, and what we'll discuss with them is, well, let's get this done as quick, because that's all they have to do on that given day. So right. then get it done, do it properly, and then go home. Go home. You know, and then it, it's down to the individual. So some players, some people can have an hour's nap in the afternoon and it won't affect their nighttime sleep. Others can't, so we look at it again as an individual, but it's generally okay. We understand sleep's important. Come in here, do what you've got to do, do it the best that you can, yeah. and then go home and mm-hmm. get them out as, as quickly as possible. Mm. But if it's, if it's um, for, say, for example, Just a normal day, normal day um, we looked at maybe a supplement with caffeine to get them through the session, um, which we also use um, on the occasions when we do fasted training. So some of the players will do fasted training. Um, so self-explanatory, I guess. You, they come in without breakfast. We'll give them a certain amount of caffeine based on on their body mass um, to try and increase the intensity of the session and get them through that. Then they'll they'll feed and then go home. And how do they take the caffeine? Is it tablets or is it? Yeah. We have a number of, yeah, down to individual preferences. If, if they walked in drinking a double espresso, though, is that. Are you going to shout at them? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You, don't, you can't guarantee yeah. exactly how much yeah, caffeine exactly. is in so there, can you? Whereas, I guess, tablet yeah. form, you can be like, here's five yeah. milligrams for you, here's 20 for you, whatever yeah. it is. So, we use, we use tablet form, which are 100 milligram tablets, and then we can divvy those up accordingly. Uh, we also have some, some caffeine shots as well. Again, we know what the caffeine yeah. content of those is. Are you so? Most of the players eat together, right? So, yeah, most of the, most of the time, yeah. So, are you in and around when this is happening? Yes, but again, so are you like eat, yeah, yeah, eat those say, last like, few eat, grains of rice? Eat yeah, it all up. Uh, he's used two two table a tablespoon of ketchup, and I only <laughs> said one. Yeah, it's, it's not that much of a. Uh, yeah, I'm not a matron with that. It's uh, <laughs> again, if it isn't broke. Right. Yeah. So if, if, if they're not, yeah. So there's certain players. Um, for example, we have a, a couple of players in the squad who surprisingly underfuel. So if it's a, a pre-match meal, or the you know we're looking at are they eating enough, you know, rather than mm-hmm. the converse, which you might think would be more common. But again, if they're a, a player, their body composition is within range, their weight is within range, their performance is is good. We leave them alone. Yeah, don't don't mess yeah. with it. Because I think like, players are like most people; they're creatures of a habit. They tend to yeah, eat yeah, similar things, stuff, and yeah. yeah. And it's like I always eat this before game day. Yeah. this is what I do. It's oh yeah, pre match superstition. Yeah, so yeah. this is this is the other thing. Yeah, you've got to look at. Uh, and it's difficult because you never know if it's uh, an excuse or not. Of like, well, this is what I always do. Big so, mac and chips. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not. We don't. We don't have anyone that bad. But there is a particular player who always has um, hot chocolate and bread dipped in hot chocolate in the morning oh, before nice. game. Nice. And always has them. Yeah. And they Is perform very well. Start an 11. Yeah, it always performs really well. So you leave it alone. Yeah. And, and no body composition issues, no performance issues. So, you know. Whereas there are other players who, you know, perhaps are struggling to keep their body composition within range. You know, you'd be a little bit harder and, you know, here's a suggestion. Yeah, but it's not fair. He's having a hot chocolate and bread. <clears throat> but yeah, it's uh, that's happened. You know, yeah. why? I think. Why am I being punished for these fatties? Was was one of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So um, when when you're talking about the players' body compositions, yeah. where do those ranges come from? Who does? Because you said Mikel's quite involved in that sort of thing. Where does that come from? Who decides that? Is it so sports science that says mostly? They mostly come from my my data. So we'll have yeah. the the decks and we'll see where they are in terms of you know, and it's it's about time with that player you know so players that have been at the club for a, a long time and we've got multiple DEXA scans on there we can go back um, we actually ask the player as well so uh, come a question be like when do you feel you were at your best weight and they might go and, and surprisingly they seem to know this mm. they'd be like yeah actually in September last year that's when I felt the best so you go back to the closest date September what was their body composition then look at that um, we also take um, power measurements on the, the Kaiser squat and we'll look, take that into account as well because it can be yeah their body composition is perhaps the lowest that it's been but if their power's dropped off and power to weight <laughs> then we're like actually that was too low for you um, an example a slightly different example is that one of the keepers he dropped his body composition down uh, he got down to 9% but he felt he didn't have enough fat on his uh, hips and it was when it was it, yeah when he was landing so he actually uh, invested in some padded shorts and it just didn't work. So we took it up to nine and a half percent and he felt great. That's so mad. you're talking about half a percent. Yeah, that's and, and that's all yeah. it was. So he's still very low, but that's the, the yeah. discussion to be like, you know, it didn't happen, but if the manager had said, why has he gone up to 9.5 instead of nine? You'd be like, this is the reason why. You know, it's, it's a deliberate attempt to, yeah. you know. And that's, that's why I've got my love handles. Whenever <laughs> I go in goal, that's yeah. my excuse. So, you know, it's, it, that is, that's wow. an example of a performance related uh, body composition. That's, that, yeah, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? So, yeah, oh, that's what we look at. So, and then another particular player, retrospectively, had highlighted that this is an outfield player that their body composition was too low. Now, just to clarify, it's not in the case that I've given with the goalkeeper. That's an actual body composition being too low that was affecting them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most common of a body composition level or percentage body fat is too low. It's most likely the method that they're using to get there. That's the negative. So are they under-fueling? Are they starving themselves? Are they over-training? All these other things that basically, if they're reporting that they feel weak at 6%, but at 7%, they feel fantastic, we're going to keep them at 7% or mm-hmm. as close as we can. So again, there's, there's that part of it as well. Uh, as I say, the, but one of the particular one player in, uh, specifically, that was retrospectively, came back a month later and said, yeah, actually, that was, that was too low. I didn't didn't feel I had enough gas in the tank is the expression they use so work to take it up a, a couple of percent or so so you um, obviously you don't want to label foods good or bad but um, sometimes people mention caffeine as, as bad obviously it's not but um, what about where, where do we stand with alcohol so are they allowed to drink again is it something that that's frowned upon or are they all getting smashed off for a game we'd like to and I think that uh, maybe not to just put it on alcohol, but bonding that comes around drinking is very important for, for team morale. That's a really good point, actually. Um, yeah. And it was highlighted under the last manager that there wasn't enough team bonding. Now, you don't necessarily have to have alcohol for no, team bonding, but you know, um, and there's quite a few players who don't drink at all for religious reasons, but they'll still be involved in that, in that social um activity whatever it may be you know uh, team dinner team night out what have you um in terms of are they allowed to drink that's down to the manager and down to their own professionalism is a little bit of alcohol going to hurt their performance probably not 
is there a correlation between alcohol intake and injury? Yes, again, but that's not causation. So you don't want players drinking a lot. Maybe they're having a glass of, there are players that have a glass of wine at dinner, doesn't impact on their performance. We're gonna let it slide. So say if you've just beaten Tottenham 4-0. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, champagne or It depends on the manager. It, it depends on the manager, but you say you've got to look at, I would imagine that this is the same across all teams that get to a situation. When the when there's a final, there'll be obviously their champagne post-match, yeah. you know, whether they partake in actually drinking it or just spraying it around the dressing room. And that's, you know, it's... It's celebration culture as well. So, is there any players that you know that um, does like a drink? Is a does have like a drink? There's definitely an ex-player who used to have a, a glass of wine probably every day. That's so he's retired now or ex-Arsenal? Ex-Arsenal. Ex-Arsenal. It's a cultural thing, if you know what I mean. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a French thing. It's a French <laughs> thing. So it could be about 50, 50 people yeah. in Arsenal, ex-Arsenal yeah. players. It's, yeah, and it sounds like a, a silly nutritionist thing to say, but it's about moderation. And I think that the pressure on performance in the modern game is that they can't afford to slip up. And you know, again, that will come down to the manager. It'd be like, well, no, you got to be, you got to be performing at one hundred percent of the time. Is that drink going to have a negative impact on your performance? You know, depends. Are you having a? Are they drinking in the off season? Most of them, you know, I would guess. and also you've got a bit of the these guys are relatively young multi-millionaires who don't often or seldom ever get no you know no is not in their vocabulary people don't say no to them so for uh, for me to come and say oh you can't have a drink they're going to be like yeah I'm going to get home and you know I'm going out and and so on so so there's not perhaps with the exception of the manager, there's probably no one who can really enforce anything on them. So it's more about giving them the tools to suggest why they shouldn't do something yeah. or why they should do something to so give them the education. Yeah. You know, you said one of those ex-players um, used to like like to have a drink. Mm. Did you notice anything in, in his performance? No. You no, and, he was, and the thing is, it's not a. It definitely wasn't a secret. He'd talk about it, be like, "What is? Oh, this is my favorite red wine," and you could have discussions <laughs> with him around that. You know, it's no. And, and you arguably like a glass of red wine isn't going to But then be. saying that, if he'd been doing it all his career, then yeah. and he quit it, he might turn it. into a super athlete. Yeah, and, and also the, the reality of that particular player is when I started working with him, he was in the, the twilight of his career anyway. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm phasing out. And <laughs> so, so you actually have, my experience with this, you have two ways that players go. You have the players who realise that their time's almost up and they're willing to do anything and everything to extend it or you know get that last good contract or it's just like they take stock of their reality and it's like yeah this is it i'm just gonna is there anyone that you can mention that was really professional in that sense that you know really looked after their body maybe retired now but you work with in the last few years so recently probably that uh david louise in terms of the age of a player you know because he's one of our older players is really you know everything that he does yeah is really on it that's just I think probably his personality he's just on everything you know, he's he's can he can ping a ball can't he yeah. he's got some yeah got yeah. some quads on him has he yeah <laughs> yeah so you know that most of them are, are very professional all of them are professional um, but also they're people and mm. they're very influenced by results you know things at home you know whatever you know maybe they've had 
loss in the family or something yeah. like that. They're not none, they're not immune to any of that. So, mm. you know, you've got to think to, to people if, you, if you've had, you know, coming into training for a lot of the players is work. They like playing matches, but training is, is coming work. into work. It's like anyone who clocks into does a nine to five is like, maybe they don't want to come in. You know, they're going to come in because they're professional. They would just want to play football. And so if you've had something uh, like something negative happen at home, for example, maybe you just can't be bothered to come in, but you have to come in because otherwise you get fined. And so you're not going to necessarily give it a, a 100%. So they'll get fined if they don't come in? Oh, if you're late, you get fined. So I think Chelsea... Maybe we Chelsea's should start doing that here at work. <laughs> get fined. I think, uh, was it 10,000. Yeah, was, was it Chelsea's that was released recently? Their, their fine structure. Yeah, so again, that'll come down to managers and players of, you know, we've, uh, Mikhail bought, you know, he changed it slightly. It was already in place. I think it'd been in place since Wenger. You know, fine system for being late. It's just being professional. It's like hard mm. to be on time. So, most yeah. of the players good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're good with that. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's it's been part of the culture since yeah. since Wenger was there. You'd think it'd be, you know, ingrained yeah, in and. I, I, that's not exclusive to Arsenal by any stretch of imagination. I think it's no. just standard across the. Yeah, So with with your with your like background in talk, getting the players ready pre, during, and post, is there anything that our members could take away from this? What would you say to them? What are the things that normal people doing normal workouts at Joneses? What could they do pre, during, and post to perform better and recover better? Is there anything that you could just yeah. give them? You think definitely do this, definitely do that. I think the number one is the periodization of, uh, periodization of carbohydrate intake. So basically, fuel for the work required. So you look at it and say, you know, pretty standard. I said, you know, keep your protein and your your fat intake probably the same across the week, mm-hmm. and look at what your training session is the next day, if there is a training session. Yeah. So are you coming in tomorrow? Yes. What is that session? What are you going to do? Is it is it going to be a nice light session? Is it going to be intense? You know. So looking at your carbohydrate intake, if it's going to be a, a big session, then you're going to have to take more carbohydrates in. If it's going to be a, a light session or you're not coming in that day, then vastly reduce your carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to work for everyone, but a, a you know a rule of thumb would be if you're not training that day, probably have some some carbs at breakfast, less at lunch, none at dinner, for example. Or, mm-hmm. You know, a lot less in terms mm-hmm. of that. Um, if you're looking at say, well, actually it's going to be a really really hard session tomorrow, then I'm looking at that evening meal, probably going to increase the carbohydrate what time is that session? Am I gonna be able to have breakfast and let that digest before the session? If not, you might, you're looking at a faster training session, potentially. So again, you're gonna have caffeine to get you through that session to give you a little bit more intensity, something mm-hmm. like that. And then whether it comes from a, a supplement or real food, a carbohydrate and protein intake post um, session to, to boost recovery. And you're not talking about, like, again, uh, 20, 30 grams of, of protein, 20, 30 grams of carbs, or just yeah. tick box, yeah. Easy done. Easy, yeah, it was, it was pretty. Uh, and then, what other um, supplements around that? So, obviously, you've got creatine or branch chain amino acids. Is there anything that you say, yeah, definitely go for that? Um, yeah, yeah, it, you know, if you're looking to, to boost um, performance. performance, power, muscle mass, then, then the evidence for creatine is, yeah, is there. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the most pretty, yeah. studied supplement, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, supplements that don't work, you know, the, and there's a few that that do and it, it's not for debate you know the evidence supports it so creatine and caffeine are two of those where the evidence is fantastic for those so yes uh, creatine to increase lean and is that just five grams a day or is it get or do you, do you yeah so again now it sort of <coughs> you know the the old sort of protocol is you had the loading phase and then mm-hmm. you, you reduce it down and, and there's still some advocates for that 
Um, there's other advocates that uh, two grams a day may improve cognitive function as well. So there's evidence for that. So you Even can, if you're not training. If you're think? not training. So, you know, it's a lot lower dose. You don't have the loading phase. You're just taking two grams of creatine every day. Mm -hmm. And the idea with that lower dose is you don't have to have a washout period. Mm -hmm. Then start again, like the classic old cycle of yeah, like yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. grams a day. Then I'll go five, down, uh, five so grams a day. So in theory, then you could actually supplement two grams a day for yeah. the next year yeah or <laughs> yeah and, and that's one of the things when we were looking at uh, or when we look at supplements in say recovery powders certain recovery powders they'll all have protein and carbohydrate varying um, amounts of each but some of them have creatine in them and it's like well at some point I need a washout period but I still want the person to take the recovery powder so now we've got to find a recovery powder without, without the creatine, creatine. Um, but so if the dose is lower if it's two grams a day then you don't need to worry about having that that switching the, the supplement. So are the majority of your players taking creatine? Not the majority, so I say probably about 25%, 30%. Yeah, it depends. Again, uh, the, the individual player, injured players, definitely yes. Players looking to increase lean mass, yes. I guess that happens with a lot, lot of the younger players coming in. You know, they're not as physically developed, right? So you'd want to yeah. put some lean mass on? Yeah, they're from a performance nutrition uh, point, they're, they're great to work with because they're, you know, they're so young there's they've got a lot of uh, potential for gains from where this is actually probably motivated as well they're, they're mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, they're desperate to make it yeah well, you know, this is where we run into perhaps difficulties with the, the sport of being that if you compare it to say collegiate uh, sport in america where they don't get paid until they've absolutely made it in obviously the big football clubs in the in the uk they're getting paid before they make it so yeah. they're already getting the relatively not compared to the rest of the league, but compared to perhaps most people in, in, in the world, they're on mm. the big bucks before they even yeah. make it. What do you think about that? Can't change. It's, it's the culture, you can, probably can't mm, change it. It's not gonna change now. But what you can look at is then working with that player and then you know with a recruitment, are you, are you recruiting the right players? Have they got the right mentality? Um, you know, are they driven? What are they driven by? Are they driven by making it, or are they driven by money? I guess that's the managers where the yeah. manager steps yeah. in though to you know help these young kids. Yeah. yeah, there's a you know there's a particular player in our squad at the moment who's you know he's unbelievably humble. You know, he's probably one of our best players at the moment, and with the rest of the players are just throwing their kit into the to the wash basket. He's folding his up. You know, he's very humble. So so you know that's the kind of you you see that attitude and go wow, I just want to. Wish everyone had the similar attitude or the same attitude. Yeah. What nationality is he, or is that going to give it away? You quite get up. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not English. All right. <clears throat> oh, that's that's interesting. Mm. Um, what else have we got on the list of questions? Well, the only other thing we had was someone someone had messaged in um, about a, like just a list of supplements and like what what they should or shouldn't be taking just as a normal. Normal person. Oh, so could you do like a quick fire I was round? Say, do you yeah. reckon ten, ten seconds go. on each. Thing. Ten seconds yeah. on each. So this is just for for the average Jones member yep. who's coming in and training. For most of our customers, want to lose weight. Okay. Yeah. So if we go, we go from that. And how many times are they training? A we week, like to. Start, our clients train three to four times a week. Okay. Three lots of forty-five minutes. Right. Uh, doing a range of activities from okay. weight training and a bit of cardio intervals and stuff like that. So branch chain amino acids. Unnecessary. Like yeah. a pre-workout. It said this says pre-workout booster, so I just assume like a normal pre-workout mix. Uh, I'll take a little bit longer on that one if you don't mind, just because yeah. there's a potentially a safety thing around there. The pre-workouts yeah. again, it was what I mentioned earlier. 
if it's a what we call form sport batch tested product then yeah it can you know it's, it's probably mostly just you know caffeine and that's going to yeah. you have to be careful with those um that are non-tested because they can contain things that may be harmful to health i think there was a slight um morbid topic but there was that young uh, lady who died in London Marathon after taking Jack 3D. Now I know mm. that they changed the law on that, and now that's not available. But yeah, that's pre-workouts are one of those things you just got to be really careful about what's in what's in there, what's in the ingredients. Have a look. Um, just make sure there's nothing untowards. And if like I say if it's informed sport batch tested, you know there's not going to be anything harmful in there. Um, but just be careful of the way that you respond to that amount of caffeine as well. Mm. Um, there's some some products out there where the caffeine content is is ridiculously high and good thing what's the impact on you getting heart, are you going to get heart palpitations yeah. or what's the impact on your sleep you might, you might be yeah. wired yeah, to yeah. Work yeah. that's so. a really good point especially if you're yeah. training later on yeah. Exactly. yeah if you have a bit of a boost for a late night session and then yeah. you never sleep do you ever even recover from yeah. the training that you've done yeah so I would yeah that's probably a, a check the label one but generally yeah if it's safe it's, it can be good yeah. um, this is just as burner capsules like fat burning Fat burning tablets. Hand, yeah. hand, I think all of us have just gone hand in yeah. hand in head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, head in hands. No. Awful. No, none of them. None of them no. work. <laughs> what do they claim to do? I've just mobilised mobilise cells. Yeah. yeah. There's all sorts of yeah nonsense out there, and you know the the only stuff that that does work is illegal, and the reason it's illegal is again it's very harmful to to health. So yeah, it's just avoid yeah, all costs. Waste of money. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Obviously, we spoke about creatine. So, yeah. creatine for the average, yeah. average Joe. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good something. Not very um, glutamine um, can help with recovery. So, I would look at it in terms of um, if whether you're taking that as a an inter supplement on its own or whether it's incorporated into a recovery shake. It's either or, yeah. Mm. Um, got L-arginine. Uh, again, yeah, that's it's good. That so that can increase the amount of oxygen going to the exercising muscle similar to, to beetroot um, so yeah again it's, it's like a pre-workout that might be one of the ingredients in a pre-workout something to look for and then um, and ZMA again you know that's probably something where you're going to have to look at it individually yeah try it and see if it actually has benefit we, we actually spoke about this yeah. on, on our podcast the other day and I take it sometimes yeah. and my sleep is definitely I don't know if it's better but I've crazy dreams on it 100% yeah, but if you, but again isn't it one of those things where if you feel like you sleep better taking it regardless yeah. of what the research says then if it's a if it's a placebo thing or not if you feel better yeah. it's not harming anyone not harming you I'd, yeah. I'd say crack on um, where do you stand on vitamin D talk this for a while yeah big one my PhD was on vitamin D so oh, I could wow. uh, do another podcast <laughs> um, well, actually it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward the, the advice and it's supported by um scientific council on nutrition which is you know consider the country where we live so basically during the the winter months taking one to two thousand international units of d3 a day and that's easily available you can buy that in pretty much any supermarket any pharmacist any chemist so yeah and then what is your uh, exposure to sunlight during the, the summer months if you're working inside all the time then continue that supplementation maybe you work outside didn't you know, is your skin exposed? Yeah. Okay. Then there's probably no need to take it. You've all, you've already mentioned omega, the omegas. Did yeah. you say omega six? Is that on you? Uh, omega three. three. Oh, omega, omega three. three yeah. So yeah. So we've got here omega three, six, and nine. Yeah. So that's probably a little bit more 
complicated we'd look at that in terms of uh, blood markers for those things we've yeah, discussed yeah. that in in the past um you know there's there's good ad- advice and yeah, there's good evidence for for them as uh, in anti-inflammatory yeah anti-inflammatory so you know if you're looking at a, a gram of that a day one to two grams it probably can be beneficial for you but we're looking in terms of reducing inflammation and soreness the evidence that what we describe as mega doses um, there's some evidence out there suggesting you need a gram per 10 kilograms of body weight so when you're thinking like an oh, wow. 18 90 gram, that's eight or nine grams of, of omega-3 or you know six and nine that's that's a lot um so you've got to weigh up whether that's something you can actually or you what would you get from a piece of fish Person. Yeah, it depends on the fish you're looking <laughs> yeah. at like you know you look at the oily shark. fish full yeah. Yeah, full size shark. Um, and again we, it, it's one of the things where we look at the nutritional information on something and does that food act they're all estimates or averages mm. whereas a supplement a supplement you know you know hopefully exactly what you're getting mm. and then vitamin C as a supplement yeah so I would I'd advise that vitamin C is useful for reducing if you've got symptoms of coughs and colds, what we call URTIs, um, then taking you know, vitamin C once you have those symptoms can reduce the severity of those. I wouldn't necessarily, or I wouldn't advise taking it just a daily on a daily basis. Now there is some evidence to suggest that it reduces muscle hypertrophy as well. So for, for people, I've had that, that yeah, before, yeah, and it's there's good. It's you know it's one of those things you hear where it's both science. There's there's some good evidence for. I think uh, Lane Norton present uh, had a a slide on that the oh, other really? week so you know if you're eating a nice balanced diet there's probably no need to take a vitamin c supplement anyway but if you have got those uh, symptoms of cough and cold then it may help reduce them so then it would be advisable we'd also add uh, zinc into that mm. what with the vitamin c yeah so i mean i'm pretty sure i know your your answer here but are supplements necessary for everyday health I would say, yeah. Yeah. No, I say <laughs> if you're eating that. a good balanced diet, if you're in a good balanced diet, probably not. It, but how much you're training around that as well? Because you know, see, then you know, if you're training a lot and it's reducing your uh, your immune function, then maybe you do need to boost it. Also, where you go back to what I just said, you know, in terms of right, we can say that this salad in front of you has, you know, on on paper it has these micronutrients but does it actually have that micronutrients how long was that sat on a on a ship for coming over here mm. you know, boom, 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 boom. is it something you've cooked out your own garden and you know, so these kind of things you just never know do yeah, you and there's such individual variants with like even though they've done like stuff with like cashews and stuff like that like five cashews and five cashews might have a different yeah. amount of vitamins minerals in and yeah. fats and stuff like, like only slightly but you know you can't definitely say that this orange definitely yeah. has x amount of vitamin c in and but as a rule, you know, if you're eating a balanced diet, then you, you probably don't need to take any any especially vitamin supplementation, mm-hmm. except those you know vitamin D because of yeah. obviously where we live, um, and then like I say, coughs and colds, vitamin C, zinc may come into fact um, be useful, but generally, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Amazing, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'd love to have you on again and do this again because there's obviously so much stuff we haven't even touched on specific diets like, you know, keto or something or um, we, could, we could go into. Um, I was thinking earlier, actually, like if a player came up to you and said, I want to do a ketogenic diet, what would you say? I think keto is pretty easy one to shoot down the evidence for that. Um, 
for performance is is bad. You know, it doesn't it doesn't improve performance in the sport that we're working in. Now, would a keto diet work for a recreational gym user? Potentially, yeah. I think that the thing to be very careful with a keto diet is are you actually in ketosis? Yeah. So that's easily, you know, you can buy peeing on the stick. Peeing yeah. on the stick yeah. I've done it before. So you can buy those and you can monitor it. Otherwise, you, you're potentially just doing a low carb, low fat, low energy diet, which is going to make you feel awful. Mm. And so you're probably not going to want to train because you haven't got any energy. You've got mind fog, all of these things. But, you know, the evidence for a, a true keto diet, you know, where you're actually in ketosis mm. in terms of the consistent energy across a day, no peaks and troughs, you know, that's good. But have you got enough energy to do your job? Have you got enough energy to, to exercise accordingly? Again, depends. But you know, it can be a it can be a very useful diet if you get it right. But if you get it wrong, it can be disastrous. Yeah. Um, and that was the, you know, there's been a number of studies done on that with low carb, high fat in in elite athletes, and it it's negative in performance. I think it was. Uh, Oh, no, it was a, a, research, a Canadian researcher called Trent Stanworth. Uh, he, he did a lovely post on that saying, you know, his job is to make his endurance runners run faster. And he he caught some stick and said, oh, you hate keto. It's like, well, if keto worked to make these guys faster, I'd do it. I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, so, you know, he's, he's at the very pointy end of it where he's looking at Olympians trying to make them run faster. Mm. And, you know, his research and his anecdotal evidence is that it didn't make them faster. It made them slower. So he doesn't use it. When you see um, things like cabbage soup diets come out, what what do you do? Do you just yeah, there's always there's a new. So much uh, of it, yeah. though, right? Yeah, and it's so confusing for people. Well, I think you know this is something we could really, really dig into, and it and it's the whole thing of you know uh, vegan diets. Everything else is you know we've mentioned it probably too many times. We're down to the individual, and until we get to the stage where we can do the genetic testing and you, you have a finger prick test or whatever it being like, do you know what diet's gonna work best for you? It's gonna be you know, a vegan what, or is it keto or is it like, you know, and, and because we do, we see we see players uh, and athletes and, and people try and adopt a diet that someone else has uh, used successfully and they have terrible time with it, you know, and, and there is that individual variation. As I mentioned earlier with those two ex-Arsenal players and, you know, you know, there's this whole idea around somatotype diets as mm. well. So, what, you know, are you a mesomorphy? You can eat this and mm. so on. You know, and we would talk about, we, we dumb it down, bro, science. Are, are they carb burners where they just can consume carbohydrate, they never gain body fat, their performance goes through the roof? Other, other people who, you know, look at a cake and suddenly they're, you know, they're, they're storing body fat. I exaggerate, but you, you get the point. Um, and until we get, to the, this is the thing with, like, so what you do in terms of a, a trainer, and I mentioned it earlier, it's like, you could probably look at someone in a gym and immediately tell well they're an explosive person or you know so so forth. with nutrition we, we can't do that yet we can't look at someone and go yeah you you know i know exactly the diet that's going to work for yeah. you it's more trial and error and you know and again oh my friend did this or someone recommended this and, and go bring it back to footballers because they're surrounded often by yes men and people are trying to sell them something and you know gurus and something else and you know oh this is what a player at Liverpool does so I'm going to adopt that be like it will not work for you mm. and so we do encourage if a player does come and it's a reasonable request like oh I'm considering so I'll say um, in the wake of game changers we did have a, a few more players consider uh, following a, a plant based diet okay we're fully supportive of this you know there's, there's some good evidence for, for why you want to do it uh let's trial it you know let's not go too 
too hard into let's try let's monitor stuff let's monitor your, your wellness your power your body composition and see you get on and in this particular incidence with the post game changer stuff these few players trialed it for a while they trialed it for a month went nah, I'm not getting on with this and, and reverted back to a an ordinary diet quite unquote did you see any loss in performance or was that just their it, sort it was of, not, um, they just I think that yeah anecdotal mm. you know they just didn't feel that one of the players top of my head he he just felt lack of energy he felt that he couldn't eat enough in terms of overall energy you know and, and decided not to stick with it and we support them Listen, we could talk for oh, no, forever. Yeah, I feel bad because another question will just keep popping no, into yeah, my head. Yeah. If um, if our guys want to keep up with anything that you're doing, are you are you active on sort of social media and things to people? Not keep overly up with? active, but I will. Uh, I'll answer messages and, and posts and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. you I'll will see him in a home game though, sitting in the dugout. Yeah. I always see probably, you. Probably looking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> When's your next game? Uh, when is our next game? That's a brilliant question. Uh, Thursday night. Thursday night. Olympiacos oh, at home, yeah. yeah. Who was it, sorry? Olympiacos. Ah, yeah. home game. Yeah, cool. Yeah, brilliant. Win? Yeah. Well, we've got the, we've got the, uh, the away win, so we should be able to get the home win. Yeah. Awesome. That was a, they were a tough crowd. I think that's... Oh, uh, yeah. That's again, I don't want to talk too much about it. That's something else. We, not my responsibility or my sphere or partnership, whatever you want to call it, but the, the way that sometimes you have to the managers talk to the players about the the younger players of the environment they might encounter when they go to these European away games racism you mean or it can, not just that that is part of it you know mm. that, and that's disgusting obviously we've seen uh, some of that recently yeah. was in, in, in Portugal and Spain and you know it's different there's a lot more aggression violence flares abuse in general coming you know to, to the players so they have to be aware of this and you know as mentioned before they're I'm going to mention it, but you know, it's got nothing to do with money. They're not immune. Money doesn't make no, you immune right. to abuse. Mm, so, no, you know, especially for these young lads who haven't experienced any of it before. So, yeah. you know, it's it's always nicer to have the the home leg. Yeah, sitting in your nice, comfy seat and <laughs> just to drive down the A1 and you're yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, good luck Fantastic, on Thursday, yeah. mate. Thank, Thank you, you very much. so so much for coming on. And um, what amazing information. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Nick, you've got to try and sum all that up in some show notes, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Yeah, right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank See you, you later, See you next week. Cheers. Thank you.